I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's extra weekly episode of Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, which we are calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, are going to be delving into some of the things that have happened in this week's news. That's right, Dane, it's time to question one of this week's big stories. And uh, this week's big story is going to be uh, what the fuck is going on with Vinicius Jr. celebrations? This is a Brazilian footballer who uh, plays with Real Madrid. It's worth pointing out, listeners, you know, this isn't going to be that football-orientated in some respects, but it's this remarkable situation that's played out where this guy is... We're talking top 10 players in the world right now, right? He's he's up there. Yeah, I'd say say he's fair. I mean, you're playing for Galacticos and you're a Brazilian international. He's scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. You don't need to know football to know that guy's guy's smashing it, right? I think for most people, when they dream about the levels you want to reach in football, playing for Galacticos as well as being a Brazilian international Mm. and a Champions League final winner, there's really very few... uh, achievements left in professional football and he is a very big character i'd say he's not a kind of you know some footballers when they score a goal it looks like you know they've literally just like won on the battlefield they're screaming you know he, he has that but he's more of a celebrator he's you know his brazilian roots he he, he loves yeah, it's, a, it's a brazilian they, they like to they, they did a samba it's like you know ronaldinho. ronaldinho was known for doing the whole thing as well exactly. ronaldinho well was famous for it yeah. uh, and and so what's happened is people have started uh complaining well actually a, a, a particularly uh, specific commentator, uh, pundit in, in Spain, suggested he should stop uh, dancing and doing these monkey dances, uh, which, as we know, is a fucking ridiculous statement to make. And then what happened next was Vinicius Jr. came out and said, I can do what I want. I'm celebrating. And he wrote this list of all these people who he's celebrating by doing these dances, including people from where he grew up. And conveniently, he keeps scoring. So so he keeps getting to dance. So he scored the other day. And uh, during that game, he was subject to racist abuse by the Atletico Madrid fans. And I just don't know, Dane, like, I kind of, I kind of think to myself, what the fuck? How is this a thing? Um, I mean, it's very easy to see why it's a thing. I mean, first of all, Spain, like Italy, is known for their, well, known for their historic racism. Both of them were formerly fascist uh, nations so having that sentiment that still remains in those countries is not surprising number one number two uh, monkey has always been used as a pejorative term to describe black people which has always been interesting considering if you are that you are the party that are throwing bananas and also historically white supremacists used to put shit through people's letterboxes i think if you're the ones throwing bananas and if you're throwing shit at other people to call other people monkeys is quite ironic especially when Europe seems to be the part of the world which espouses all of the Darwinist and evolutionary hmm. rhetoric that claims that human beings evolve from primates. So if you're the ones that say that you are literally monkeys and throw shit at people and throw bananas at people, 
it seems very strange that you would regard black people as monkeys but um there you go and there i think it's a uh, it's um the thing about football is that uh it's roots are for the largely european working class who yeah. within their own nations have always been i guess been under forms of oppression whether it's through uh, monarchism or capitalism and i think one of the reasons why that's been able to continue to thrive in European countries is because of the fact uh, that uh, white supremacy also prospers in European countries, which means that most people in these places can rationalise that while they will never have particularly remarkable lives or make any remarkable achievements like an athlete like Vinicius Jr., hmm. by being white or having proximity to whiteness uh, in a form of like monarchy, they're able to reclaim some level of self-esteem. Because what people need to understand is there was a point in time where the idea that black people would be outperforming other people in athletic uh, circles was a laughable idea, mm. um, which was one of the justifications for Jim Crow laws and segregation. But I think now where we see in almost all aspects of sports and sports entertainment, black people are overrepresented and tend to overachieve. And so the racist backlash for me is not surprising at all because for people that are essentially quite jealous who have been able to rationalize their existence by thinking I'm even as humble or as, you know, basic as my life is, I'm better than any other black person on the planet. Seeing black people now, you know, realizing their athletic and financial potential by that same merit makes a lot of people very jealous. I mean, you're being you're being almost too kind in some sense, Dane, because like, you know, my wife, I was watching the Arsenal game uh, which was very good uh, the other day. And uh, my wife came in. My wife, I would say, is, you know, a, a liberal person. Yeah. <laughs> and she said to me, can I ask you something? Like, are all of the Arsenal players black? And I was like, hang on a sec. Yeah, 80%. 80%. And, and then she was like, oh, is that, is that, what, what is that, is that the common? And I was like, yeah. In fact, fuck football. It's common across all sports, pretty yeah. much. American sport, those white, honestly, I don't know what those white people are doing generally, but they're not playing sport by the looks of it. Well, I mean, they may, they may play some sports, you know, and this the thing is that there's but always NFL, a level of NFL sports. and NBA. Yeah, are massively overrepresented. And that's why you hear equally uh, racist, racist racial rhetoric in America, where it's like if a, you know, if you have someone like a uh, Colin Kaepernick who mm. kneels in protest of uh, police brutality, he's told to uh, be quiet and do yeah. his job. And not to be involved in politics, despite the fact, in the same way that when uh, LeBron James expressed, uh, you know, his uh, dissatisfaction at state of race relations in the yeah. in the states, he's told to shut up and dribble because the idea is that you know that these people who were workhorses and beasts of burden during a chattel slavery, who have been able to now migrate into professional sports, should be maintaining the same status as their ancestors and remaining quiet and performing their jobs for the entertainment of uh, people of European descent. But that's just not how the world works. Well, I find it really interesting as well, mate, because I'm a Jew. Right. Let me tell you something about my people. We ain't coming to take your places in sport, Dane. I promise you. I promise you. I'm well aware, Howard. Yeah, yeah. We know that, right? Maybe Jews were part of the drive that allowed for the integration of black people, or they were part of the integration of black people, both in music and in, in sports. Of course. But what's fascinating, though, is just to, 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 just to think that the Jews, you know, are often stereotyped as being good at certain things. And it always creates this kind of backlash because people don't want to be stereotyped. And sometimes it comes down to money. And you know what? As we know, that's not that bad a thing in a lot of ways. 
But it, it, with this sports scenario, it's just undeniable that the the, the, the power and, and, and presence with a black community in, in, in professional sport. Yeah, I mean, and that's because for uh, black people, a lot of time, professional sports is not a game because it can be a difference between being able to feed your family or transcend your position. And so, you know, it's, and also it's historic. And because of that fact, it's historically one of the only arenas in which black people are uh, given a platform to express themselves because they're denied it in so many ways, whether it's economically or politically on both a local and global stage. Yeah. Sports and entertainment uh, seem to be two of the, two of the holy trinity of black social mobility that we get to observe. And because of that, there are a lot of white people who are massively resentful of that. There are like, I don't, it's, it's hard to imagine this now, but there are a lot of white people historically who thought the idea of a black man becoming a professional heavyweight champion of the world in boxing would be a laughable idea. Whereas nowadays, the idea that a black man is not a successful boxer would be laughable to people now. Well, and let alone become, let alone become president of the United States. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all the same thing. And, uh, and, you know, again, there has been an attempt to reduce this success where black footballers are referred to as being savages, relying on their physicality and relying on their pace as opposed to their uh, insight and technical ability. Like this is, this came up before with uh, Yaya Torre as a box to box midfielder, someone who played for Man City in Barcelona and was, you know, integral to some of their successes. A lot of the time, pundits will try and reduce that to uh, brutality. The same was said of Didier Drogba, um, but because of his poise and his dignity, he was able to revolutionise the image of the uh, continental African footballer. We'll be back after this. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. But the thing I was going to flag up as part of this conversation, which I think we've covered a very simple bit of this conversation, mate, which is like, there's loads of fucking jealous, racist, white people looking at the success of black sports people and there's these reactions and those racist Atletico Madrid fans should never be allowed to fucking go to a game again. But the bit that I do find interesting, as in like a little bit more 
there's a little bit more discussion to be had maybe is the celebration element the fact that a celebration has caused this like it's almost as no they take it personally because the idea that a black man is celebrating his talents instead of being humble and standing under the uh, umbrella of white supremacy that makes a lot that makes what racist white people makes them offended in the same way that when muhammad ali would use like rhyming stanzas to describe his athletic prowess or when he would make um you know politically charged statements about his status as a black man in america people hated that fact you know we saw it in the uk where you know people would speak negatively about someone like chris eubank or they speak negatively about nigel ben but frank bruno was always celebrated by the white press because he would um, show that he identifies with Margaret Thatcher and he would downplay the existence of racism. And at the end, he had a fucking nervous breakdown mm. because he, uh, you know, was dealing with the duality of being called an Uncle Tom by his black contemporaries and also trying to conform to this idea of like idealized blackness uh, with the whole, you know what I mean, Harry? And we see it a number of times where we see, you know, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was a former, I think he played for Northampton and uh, he was the head of... Um, the uh, Council for Racial Equality with the yeah. FA. And he ended up having a nervous breakdown because he literally couldn't take Clark, the weight Clark of racism. Yeah, that. I think so. Because Wait, I, yeah. I think he did a documentary as well where he spoke to his, bro- his his dad about his dad becoming a footballer. And his dad was like, I couldn't do it because of the racism. It's like my dad mm. played cricket at uh, uh, county level. Yeah. And um, I asked why he didn't proceed further. And he said partly due to, I mean, he said injury, but he also said it was because of the fact that most cricket clubs in the UK, the patrons are largely... Uh, middle-class white men and bankers who hold very racist views and also will actively work to impede the success of black athletes. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in across, and that's, you know, because of the fact that, you know, a large part of the collective consciousness in Europe is underpinned by white supremacy. And so anything which uh, kind of defies that idea makes people very uncomfortable. They'll fight against it. This is why Americans have left behind the British in sports for many years, because mm-hmm. the British are so elite that they have an idea that we can lose as long as we maintain our dignity. I mean, even myself, playing football with comedians, with white middle-class mm. comedians. I've seen how their behavior is. I've mm. several microaggressions where I've been told, you can play on this team because black guys have got pace, which is supposed to be said in jest. But I think with uh, today's social climate, if I was to repeat the things that were said to me by uh, members of British comedy's elite during these football games, I think a lot of them would be in a lot of trouble. A lot of them don't like the idea of being outperformed. Uh, especially if they're of middle class, they definitely don't like to indulge the narrative which takes place on the pitch where playing football can be a very vocal thing, involves a lot of communication, which mm. can be very, you know, can come across very aggressive if you're not um, au fait with the culture of football. And unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but as a matter of fact, a lot of white men are not used to being spoken to in that fashion by someone that's much darker than them. And they take a particular umbrage to that because they believe as well as being racist, that they're chauvin- if, if they're not out and out racist, they're chauvinists and they believe that uh, people of a certain class have a certain place. Well, and that celebration that he does, which you can look it up, listeners, it, it's like a, a, samba, a samba dancing vibe to it. And it is almost like sending a message to people now. He's gonna, And the fact that other players have started doing it. Do you see that Gabriel Jesus, the Arsenal player, did it in yeah. honour of him? I was like, it's fascinating because it's like... It looks like the most playful, like, I just did my job really well. Yeah, I just have a little, like, how, you know, how that can fuck off these people and get them into this situation they're in now where some of those people are going to, you know. I I, I totally understand why it fucks them off because the idea of black people expressing themselves positively without any dependence on uh, white liberals or, you know, 
within the parameters of how conservatives deem it okay makes people jealous and it makes people very upset like you know it, and it happens on both sides it's it's even the fact that you know I go back to comedy being very important because comedy exists as an honest form of politics. The reason why comedy is very different to other forms of expression, particularly for people of color, is you can give an honest account or a first person account of your experiences in your life, which allows you to challenge or defy stereotypes. Because of that, it makes it very difficult for people to continue to uphold an idea of white supremacy, which is why in the UK in particular, suppression of black voices has been a cornerstone of British society because, you know, of the after effects of Anglo-imperialism, hmm. most countries in the world speak English, which means most art forms have a basis of being in English, which is why even if you are a white working class comic, you can go to any country in the world most probably and you'll be able to find a stage where you can speak in English and people will understand you because that's the language and the narrative of English, which is why people have worked so hard to suppress black voices. That's why, for example, in this country, Howard, hmm. you've never had a more prominent hip-hop DJ than Tim Westwood. Now, if you are a black person in your late 30s or 40s and approach the BBC, for example, with the idea of do, being a hip-hop DJ, they'd find the idea laughable because they would say that your aesthetic and age does not suit a hip-hop demographic. So explain to me why a man who's the same age as my father has been the foremost voice for hip-hop in this country for years. And not what you did with the power. Yeah, it's in the same way that, like, it's not for me. I've said it many times. For so long, like, Lenny Henry has been the voice of black comedy in the UK. Lenny Henry has had a career that spans since, what, the 70s to the early 80s? Yeah, correct. Can you think of any other comic who is pushed as being a representative of their culture or background for almost 40 years? That doesn't happen. There would, there would be a space to allow for more voices to give more nuanced versions of that experience. Hmm. But, you know, in this country, that's not something they, they, they want to happen. And I think the same thing is of... All of the racist fans within football is that this allows football is maybe one of the last vestiges of European slash white identity that working class white people have that allow them to galvanize. They don't really have functioning uh, monarchies anymore. Like the state of bipartisan politics in Europe has been destroyed. And, mm. you know, I think through the uh, proliferation of science and technology, you can't just, you don't have the privilege of being special just because you're white anymore. I think there's a real, I'll be interested to see because it's the, um, around the time this episode comes out, the uh, the England team will be playing international, a couple of international games. I'll be interested to see, you know, if you've got Saka and Sterling and a couple of other players in that, that team who I wonder if they score, if they'll all do it too. There's a sign of solidarity to, to finish as junior. I mean, I'm sh it'd be interesting for them to see, but I, I, I definitely know for a fact that like the behavior of English fans during the Euros is a, you know, is a clear indication of the place in which they see black people. And I guess, you know, it goes to show you that rather than being accepted, we're still very much tolerated within these circles. And those come under conditions that you can uh, talk, but don't talk too much. Mm -hmm. And you can say stuff as long as you say it within certain parameters. Well, we've, we've talked about Sterling before, haven't we? You know, yeah, it's... exactly. And uh, But the, I think the days have gone where um, athletes stick to this, their sport or are seen or not heard. And I think it's uh, especially because of the fact that, you know, when you look at places like uh, the Ukraine, where the president himself is a former comedian, I think the idea that artists, creatives and uh, performers having to remain outside of socio-political circles has gone. I think that the internet has continued, allowed for, or social media has allowed for the democratization of voices. 
And I think, you know, anybody who uh, pays tax has a right to have a voice. And I think also in a world where, particularly in this part of Europe, where we tend to champion and encourage and defend freedom of speech, freedom of expression should be exactly the same. And if you are offended by a dance, then it says a lot about you. But, you know, again, at the same time, Spanish people like to be known for dancing, but they have to remember who can do it better than them. <laughs> keep dancing, Vinny. Keep dancing, mate. But mo- And also keep scoring because yeah. that's, that's, that's the best part as well. And uh, people like Pedro Bravo can just be fucking has-beens and you keep talking from the sidelines where you fucking belong. Uh, we'll hopefully see him... Uh- score some goals in the World Cup later this year and the conversation will get broadened out even further as to why uh, in what kind of fucking universe we live in is that's actually a conversation. But we've 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 shown our support to this subject. It's been a good one to talk about, mate. I think um there's layers to it that when you look at the press, it ain't clear that that's what the story is. Absolutely. And I think even and you know the idea and I think it's good to show again that Eve that within these circles where you know social mobility can be observed by black people and expression can be observed that people continue to use their platforms to uh, enrich and empower others as well as themselves so yeah big up Vinicius Junior continue dancing and doing your samba because people like Colin Kaepernick for bringing up the discussion of police brutality to four big up people like Simone Biles who uh, was one of the first people to be outspoken about sexual assault within gymnastics and um, yeah giving a voice to the voiceless and continuing to do so. Long may it continue, I think. And uh, we'll be back with another DBQ next week, won't we, Dave? Absolutely. Answering all those questions, unfiltered, uncensored, dancing in your fucking faces like we just scored a goal. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTiste and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.